Welcome to Creating Lifestyles and Building Legacies with John Balserac. John has been in the financial services industry for over 20 years and has dedicated his business career to helping families accomplish their financial goals by focusing on their core values, which involve balance and clarity of all four asset classes, financial, intellectual, social, and human. Contact John Balserac at 888-949-7475 or on the web at a4wealth.com. That's the letter A, the number four, wealth.com. And now here's John to help you create lifestyles and build legacies. And welcome back to another show of Creating Lifestyles and Building Legacies. I'm your host, John Balzerak with A4 Wealth Advisors. And today, we're going to have a very special show today for our listeners. Uh, of course, we have the great Tony Shore. Ah, yes. From the great state of Minnesota. Minnesota, I'm here. I'm the co-host, and I'm here. Yes, you are. And we also have a very, very special guest, por- Senior Portfolio Manager of Gradient Investments, Michael Binger. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, thanks for having me back again, John. Absolutely. So what happens is... When the Panthers lose to the Vikings, uh huh, I have to travel to Minnesota. Yeah, you have to travel to Minnesota and do the show in person. Can you believe that? That, that was the deal. And the Vikings did beat your Carolina Panthers. I think the Panthers are a great team. They but, are. But wow, the Vikings defense really stepped it up that they game. They were incredible. And I didn't talk that much smack last week either. You, you know, did, you neither didn't. one of us did. Neither yeah. one of yeah. us did. If you had asked me about it, I would have talked some smack about the Vikings. <laughs> <so>. yes. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, you know what? It was a great game. The Vikings came ahead 22 to 10. Um, but you know what? That's what sportsmanship's all about. And, yep. uh, Hopefully the Panthers will recover, but I think you guys are going to have a phenomenal season. Yeah, I think we will too. I'm a huge fan, and I got to go to that uh, home opener against the Pack. Won that one too. Loved it. Yeah, back yeah. to back. And you get wins. to stay warm. Yeah, you stay warm all all winter now, right? Yeah, I got the new stadium. We don't have to go outdoors to see the Vikes. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. You know, yeah. John, I think there's a good chance that the Vikings and the Panthers may yet meet again this year in the yeah. playoffs. So we'll we'll yeah. see how it goes. But and uh, if we win that game, you got to fly down to yeah, North there, Carolina. Yeah, there sure. you go. <laughs> I'm glad that's God's country yeah, down there. Yeah. Beautiful. I, I'll come down there. That's it'll, no it'll, be, it'll definitely be warmer. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> So this is uh, going to be a great show today, and uh, I know a lot of my clients out there, they're talking about the debate. You know, we had the game on Sunday, and then we had the debate Monday night, and a lot of my clients are a little bit skeptical. You know, where is this market heading? Where is it going? Uh, you know, Mike, what happens if uh, Trump's president? What happens if Hillary's president? Uh, they want to know if there's going to be a trajectory of the market, where that's going to take us, and you know, being that you've been in this business now for over 25 years as an equity portfolio manager, it's always good to get your insight. Yeah, yeah, good. Um, a very timely topic. We just had the debates right. this week uh, where you, the the amount of rhetoric is going to be amplified in the next six weeks leading or two months leading up to the election. So let's talk about it a little bit. So from a completely bipartisan perspective, okay. let's talk about how the markets might interpret a, a winner, whoever the winner may be. So let's say if Hillary Clinton wins, okay, I think the markets would really take that in stride. They know what they're going to get with Hillary. 
Um, we've had this kind of establishment. There's, of, there's no uh, surprises, of, right? Of Clintons and Bushes and that kind of thing for a long time. There won't be a lot of surprises because investors and market market uh, strategists kind of know what they got there. Gotcha. Now let's see if we see a Trump victory. That's a different story. Donald kind of brings a wild card to the political scene. Um, It's really uncertain what would happen or what he would do or what his effects would be from some of his policies. So so there's an uncertainty around what might happen if Donald Trump is president. And markets do not like an uncertainty. So I think if if you put my feet to the fire, I would predict that if Hillary wins, it's just kind of the you know the market keeps going. We could get a rally, even. Yeah, right? it's possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if 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 Trump wins, I think the market would sense a heightened have a heightened sense of uncertainty, and they might pull it back a little bit on that. But do you, I mean, don't you think long term? I mean, if his presidency, right. you know, ter- you know, they see that he's a normal guy, and and he does try to make uh, positive policy changes that. That might be a quick dip, and then markets will yeah. stabilize. So those two things I talked about, John, you're exactly right. Those are, that, that's short-term. And I do not want anyone to get involved in short-term thinking because investing is a long-term process. So this is my personal belief uh, on the markets and politics. So I'm going to give you a couple points here. Okay. So point one is I just have an inherent belief, and I get pushback from a lot of people, but my belief is that politicians tend to – inherit the investment market cycles versus influence them. That's point number one. I agree with that. And point number two, and I've seen it over and over again, is that when investors start to mix their politics with their portfolio decisions, that's when they get themselves in trouble. Okay? You don't, you don't, you have to separate those two. Keep them separate. It's like church and state. Mm -hmm. You don't, I got it. Exactly. Exactly. Don't mix your politics with your portfolio. You'll be better off if, if, if you take that course. I yeah, that. that's a that leads to emotional investing. Uh, yeah, and even product favoritism, whether it, it's politics or products, you don't yeah. want that to influence your investing. That's exactly right. So keep all of that in mind as the rhetoric heats up, and it's going to heat up all the way till you know until the election, which is a couple months away. Um, and just keep those thoughts in mind that that a lot of this will will it will be noise that will affect the market short term, but we're long term investors. That's what we want our clients to do, and keep those points in mind. Perfect. Perfect. Well, you know what, uh, Mike, it's so great to have you on the show. And John, uh, John and I talk about this on the show all the time. John's kind enough to let me back each week, which always surprises me. <laughs> even now, when you guys win the football game. <laughs> even when we win the football game. But John, I know a lot of your in- investors uh, and a lot of the your clients, uh, when it comes to investing, they get emotional or they get they can be too risky or risk adverse. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're saying long term, Mike. Now, John, uh, when you're talking to your clients about risk, um, how do you guys help them deal with risk when the market's so volatile? That's a great question, Tony. You know, one of the first things is when a, a new client comes in, we assess how much risk they're taking. Sure. And we've talked about that in a lot of previous shows, whether it's the rule of 100, we subtract that from their age. And that just really gives us a starting point or a general thumb of how much risk they should be taking. The second part is we'll drill down on the risk analysis and we'll look and see how much income they have. And for a lot of listeners out there, you know, we see the pensions going by the wayside. Yeah. You know, the days of a six or $7,000 a month pension plus another 2,400 in social security, you know, those days are kind of going away. You don't have eight, nine, $10,000 a month in guaranteed, predictable, reliable income. So from the very onset, we'll try to mitigate risk a number of ways. And we've talked about that. Number yeah. one is we'll try to maximize your social security. Sure. 
You know, if you've been paying into that entitlement your whole life, you, you want to maximize it. The second thing that we're going to try to do is find safe money products like annuities or fixed yep. index annuities that can fill the income gap. So if your baseline income need is 5000 a month or 7000 a month, we'll try to solve for that with guaranteed, reliable, predictable income. But for your long-term legacy planning, you know, we'll use a money manager like Graded Investments and Michael Binger, and we really want to look at the long-term. Sure. So, you know, these And are, you have to have growth. And the problem yeah, with yeah. safe money is there's just not that's much ex- growth. That's exactly right, you know. So we want to mitigate as much risk as we can up front, but long-term, you need to be in the, in the market. And you need to be able to weather the storm, and, whether and, whether who's president. And that's a great point you're making up, John, too, especially in this environment. We, we have two things going on. The, the, the guaranteed pensions and those kind of things are going away. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, we're in, an, in, a, in a very low risk, or not low risk, but a low interest, ra- rate. interest rate environment right now. For eight now. years. Yeah. And we at Grady Investments think this low rate environment is going to be around for at least a couple more years. So mm-hmm. it's challenging to try and find that income that you need to replace your paycheck once you retire. Absolutely. And that's what you help people do uh, via Mike and Gradient Investments, right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, one of the first things we're going to do is we're going to solve for your baseline income. We're going to use social security or safe money products to, to get the baseline income. But then we're going to talk about legacy planning and investing in equities. And what Mike was saying, you know, interest rates have now been, what, at zero for, what, eight years now, Mike? Yeah, we're going on a long time, ever since the Great Recession back in 08 and 09. We've, so, we've been at low rates. So for if you're a saver out there, you know, you used to be able to get five and a half or six and a half in a CD. Those days are gone. They're long gone. So if, if someone was going to ask you right now today, Mike, you know, what do I do or, or how are interest rates going to affect me personally? Uh, you know, what's the bond market going to do? What's the new normal for bonds? Because a lot of investors out there, I think, have a skewed perspective of what to really expect and how do we get clients to really come down or back to earth and set the new normal or the right level of expectation so that we can deliver the right results for our clients. Yeah, yeah. Those are all great. That's a lot of points there, Jeff, but we'll kind of address them one by one. So I think it's worthwhile to talk about how we got in this low rate, in this low interest rate environment here. Um, as everyone remembers, we had a pretty severe recession, and it was a financial crisis in 08 and 09. And to stimulate the economy, the Federal Reserve quickly dropped interest rates to almost zero, mm-hmm. and they've stayed there ever since then. And the rationale behind that is, is if you want to stimulate the economy, pull yourself out of recession, low interest rates will encourage people to borrow and thus spend. Okay? So... The retirees and people nearing retirement and in retirement who are looking for lower risk, higher return bonds or CDs or bank accounts, they're hurt. Mm-hmm. But as in every action, there's winners and losers. The winners are people like our kids and the younger generation, folks who are buying cars and mm-hmm. buying homes and doing those kind of things. I mean, those folks are winners because now they can buy those homes and their monthly mortgage payment yeah. is substantially lower yeah. at these low interest rates or a car payment, yeah. that kind of thing. My dad was telling me in 81 or in 82, they refinanced at 18 and a half percent. Oh my God. I'm oh, 18 and yeah. a half percent. Yeah. It just blows wow. my mind. And now wow. they're getting three and a quarter or yeah. Can you imagine? So, so, so that makes a lot of sense what you're saying there, Mike. Yeah, it really does. I mean, that could you know have the effect of doubling a mortgage payment. I mean, interest yeah. rates over 30 years are a huge part of what you're going to pay. So it really helps 
borrowers and spenders mm-hmm. and, and the levels that they borrow at. And indeed, it's worked because right. the economy has recovered since mm-hmm. 08 and 09, and we're doing well right now. Yeah, much okay. better for sure. So the question is for us retirees and folks my age more and thinking about what am I going to do as I go forward is how long are we going to be stuck in this? And if we can't get a decent return, what do we got to think about to get some kind of income generated? So what we think is right now the 10-year treasury is going to sit, it sits right now at about 1.6%. So to lock your money up for 10 years with the government, you get the privilege of getting 1.6% back. That's not even really going to keep up with inflation. Not even. So we need to think a little bit about, and and folks, when you want to think about that, the long-term average of that 10-year treasury interest rate is about 4%. Wow. So we think that it's going to take two to three years to move from 1.6 to 4%. So we're going to be stuck here in this So did, we're going to get like little quarter, uh, 25 basis points here, 25 basis points there. I know a lot of pundits, Mike, were saying yeah. that the Fed really should have been moving this train all along. But, you know, I've heard all mm-hmm. kind of things because of politics. I don't want to, you know, crash the economy or hurt the real estate market. You know, what's your real take on that? Because obviously it's, it's going to have to start going up. It, it will. Uh, the, the pickle that the Federal Reserve finds himself in is even though we're at this low 1.6% rate, if you live in places like Germany or Japan or Switzerland or most places around zero, the world, right, or negative. They're, they're getting zero, almost zero on that 10-year, even negative. Places where you can get a decent interest rate are places like Greece and Brazil and places you may not want to invest <laughs> right, for 10 right. years, right? So Venezuela. even though we think we're <laughs> yeah. low, we're relatively higher versus the rest of the world. So I think the Fed has spent a lot of time keeping rates low, engineering this economic recovery over the past seven, eight years, and they're going to move slowly to get interest rates more normalized because they don't want to disrupt this recovery at all. Where do you think like corporate bonds, I mean, What's our realistic return? So I've got a lot of clients that, you know, they've invested in bonds over the years and they got, you know, five to 7%. I mean, you know, healthy returns. I'm going back 10, 12 years now on a long-term return number. And now they're trying to keep their standard deviation or their risk low, but they're still using that alpha number for their bonds. And I just don't think it's realistic. Interesting. Well, you know what, guys, we have to take a quick commercial break right now. Uh, but before we do, John, tell the listeners what you have for them and how they can get a hold of you to take a look at where they're at. Maybe get a second yeah, opinion. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we want you to come in and get a free portfolio analysis review. Um, in the next 20 callers, you know, we'll give you a free second opinion analysis. We'll give you a free rule of 100 report and uh, also a Morningstar report and just tell you how your portfolio is doing or, or if we can make it better. So give us a call toll free at one 855 260-7361. Again, that's 855-260-7361. You can also go to our website at www.letteranumeric4, that's a4wealth.com. We've got a learning library on there and a, and a lot of great information. All right. Well, thank you, John. And listeners, stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more from John Balserac of A4 Wealth Advisors and our special guest, Mike Binger, right after this. Do you ever wish you had an owner's manual to help you address and plan for retirement? Well, now you do. Hi, my name is John Balzerak, author of Creating Lifestyles, Building Legacies, a Roadmap for Financial Independence. If you're like most of my clients, having access to a retirement roadmap could help ease financial concerns and better prepare you for retirement. Creating Lifestyles, Building Legacies will help give you the foundation you need for a successful retirement. Simply call 888 949 
888-242-7475 or visit us at www.a4wealth.com to receive a complimentary copy today. And welcome back to Creating Lifestyles, Building Legacies with John Balserac of A4 Wealth Advisors. Now, John, we've got a special guest here today, Mike Binger of Gradient Investments. And I know you have a lot of questions for Mike. So what else do we have for Mike today, John? Yeah, you know, a lot of my clients, you know, they ask me, well, you know, if I'm safe, then, you know, maybe I can expect a lower return. If I'm going to be in bank products, you know, 1% or Mike was just talking about the bond market. I mean, if you're in corporate shirt two and a half, it's just not real sexy as far as return or alpha. So a lot of people have put their money in the stock market the last eight years. And uh, the stock market, if, if you stayed in from March of, say, of 09 till today, you got handsomely rewarded for staying the course. Yes. And, and now the, the, the thing is, well, people are no longer putting money in, in safe money vehicles. They're all going into the market, and therefore, we're seeing levels you know, at their highest levels that they've ever been. And people are saying, well, John, do you think the market's overvalued? Do you think there's been too much of a run-up? So what I'm going to ask Mike is, you know, valuations for equities right now, is there still room to run? Uh, you know, typically we see every, a market cycle three to five years. Corrections are normal. And I, you know, I educate my clients that corrections do happen. Uh, so Mike, where do you think we are in the cycle right now? You know, as far as equity um, valuations, the S&P 500, for example. Yeah, that, that's really a good question, John, and, and everyone's wondering that. And, sure. No crystal ball. And I'm going to pull yeah. out my crystal ball and talk about that, but remember, it is a crystal ball. So, yeah, the markets have come a long way, but they've come a long way off a distressed level. Okay. okay? So the markets have really broken out to new highs in only the last year and a half to two years. Okay. So we, we, we had a sideways market, really, for almost 15 years. From the late, you know, from the early 2000s to the mid, you know, 2010s. Okay. And just the last couple of years, we've broken out. So we've broken out of that, what people call the lost decade. Yep, I remember. And and we've simply broken out because of fundamentals, not because of what's happened in Washington or the market this or the market that or international. It's because of the fundamentals. And the fundamentals are three things. The fundamentals are how's the economy doing? And And our economy is doing okay. It's growing about 2%. It's expanding, and it's been expanding at a fairly stable pace for the last, you know, seven years. Okay? Okay. Secondly, and the most important fundamental, is corporate earnings. How are the companies doing that we're investing in from a P&L or a profit and loss standpoint? And corporate America has been doing really well over the past seven years. They've recovered. Their earnings have been growing at a fairly stable clip. And that's good. Do they still have as much cash on their balance sheets as they used to? They actually have more than they used yeah, to. Yeah, wow. we're at record high levels of cash. Wow. But one thing to think about is that a lot of that cash generate it gets generated overseas, and it's still parked overseas. It's not coming back in. Because to bring it back, right. you would get taxed again. So you not only get taxed in the country that you sell your goods and services in, but then to take that cash back into the U.S., you would be taxed again at a U.S. rate. So as you might expect, many corporations are right. resistant to that. So there's a lot of money that's sitting overseas that if we maybe saw things like a lower corporate tax rate in the U.S. or if we got a tax holiday, there's a variety of ways we could do this. Bring that money back. Bring that money back and hopefully get it reinvested in equipment and people and, and things Jobs. corporations invest money in. Right. But anyway, but that's besides the point. So the fundamentals are the economy. How are the companies doing on a profitability perspective within the economy? And thirdly, to your point, what are the valuations of not only the market, but of the individual companies within the market? Okay. Um, so right now, you're right. 
Stocks aren't as cheap as they were back in 2009. But trying to get someone to invest back in 2009, well, that would have been tough. So maybe a good lesson to think about as we look forward is that when a trade or an investment feels the toughest and the most wrong and the hardest, that might be the time we make the most money. Yeah, I actually have a saying, Tony, for my clients. What's Whenever that? we have like a major correction and the sky is falling and you're scared to invest, you're allowed to throw a brick through my window, but when you do, attach a check to it. Yes. <laughs> because that's the best time to invest. So. It is. When it, sometimes when it hurts and it feels the worst, that's probably when you're going to make the most money. Absolutely. But anyway, so valuations currently, they're not as cheap as they were, but we're not overvalued. So when you think about valuations, the best broadest valuation measure is price to earnings or a P.E. ratio. Mm -hmm. The P.E. ratio on forward or the next 12 months earnings for the S&P 500, which is the broadest index in the market, is about 16 times right now. Okay. 10-year and 5-year averages are right around 14 times. Okay? Got it. So we're a little overvalued than 10-year history would tell us. Okay. But that doesn't mean we're over, we peaked because peak valuations are even higher. Got okay? it. So it all really matters on the fundamentals and most importantly the earnings. Right. So we think earning or so we we know that earnings have kind of stalled out a little bit on a year-over-year -year growth basis the last 5 or 6 quarters. But we think that's on the cusp of changing and in 2017 we think earnings growth for the S&P 500 on a 2017 basis over 2016 year over year is going to grow north of 10% on a year over wow, year basis. That, that's good. Wow. So we that's think, bullish. Yeah. yeah. So we think the market will be up somewhere around 10% next year, which means we're not going to get any more valuation expansion, but stocks should move in line with the earnings that they show, the earnings growth that they show. Gotcha. So that's our preliminary forecast sure. for next year. So yeah, we're not. And that's, what's really, that's really what's under the hood that yeah. which really makes stocks move. Yes. You know, politics on all this noise, it's really just noise. Yeah. Because if companies earnings and they hit their earnings and they grow, the stock price goes up. Yeah. And, and John, as you know, it's our job at Grady Investments to be cognizant of the noise and watch the headlines. But be the, the true job is to filter out that noise is to make sure we spend most of the time on the fundamentals because mm -hmm. that's what drives stock prices in the long term is the fundamentals. And that's what we watch is performance, yeah. And we're here, and as, and as John can attest, many of his clients, they take the opportunity to call John. John can get a hold of the gradient investment managers anytime he wants, mm -hmm. and we can we do hash. conference calls. We do yeah, all kind yeah. of great stuff. And, and we talk about and we talk about the noise, mm -hmm. and we look at the big picture, and we talk about the fundamentals, and, um, and we a, take action. And that's a special thing, yeah. you know. In '93, when I started at Merrill Lynch, we could have a client with thirty-five million dollars, and they could never talk to the money manager. Yeah. You know, they were just simply too busy. So it's nice having the ability to reach out. Speak with Mike, speak with Wayne or the other analyst here. It's just a, it's really a blessing. So let's get in, Mike, if we can sure. talk a little bit about maybe two of your strategies for time's sake. I know that uh, the Gradient 50 uh, is one portfolio, almost one, of, I would say is maybe one of your flagship portfolios, which invest in 50 high quality, high dividend paying stocks. And then when we talk, after we finish that, we'll talk about the Gradient Tactical Rotation and just how those two portfolios uh, will react in this market, a little bit of history on them and where you see those going. Sure, sure. Let's start with the Gradient 50, John, because okay. that really is, you're, you're right, that is one of our flagship portfolios. It's a portfolio that resonates extremely well with, with not only your clients, but all our clients all around the country. Um, and the Gradient 50, as its name implies, it owns 
50 U.S.-based, high-quality blue-chip companies. These are names that, you, that you've heard about for decades, and we feel you're continue, going mm-hmm. to continue to hear about for decades. Names like Johnson & Johnson, yep. names like Intel, names like Pfizer. You gotta have like band, you gotta have band-aids. Yes. Gotta have yeah. gotta yeah. have computer yes. chips, right? Yes. Yep. These are <laughs> these are high quality companies that have been around for a long time and they're gonna be around for a long time. These you know, we we most of us have maybe worked for these companies or we certainly know people who have worked for these companies. So it, it's just a it's a blue chip portfolio, US based, fifty names. We do it a little differently, we equal weight those names. Okay, so they're two percent each. Um, that's how the portfolio is constructed. Each of those, you know, we have a very rigorous selection process. So, so the portfolio, each name in the selection process, we do a financial health metric screen. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that the integrity of the portfolio is intact, that these names are truly indeed blue chip, their financials are sound and healthy. And then secondly, we want to make sure that each name gives our investors a very handsome dividend yield. Right, and typically, Mike, those dividends are increasing. Yes. And even then, even yeah, in a bear market. Yeah. So we not only want companies to pay a handsome dividend yield, but we want to have that company have a history of not only paying that dividend, but also raising that dividend. So if someone comes in and they put $100,000 into the Gradient 50 portfolio, that first year, it yields right now about 3.5%. That first year, they can expect income of about $3,500, dividend income. We would expect that the companies, and they have a history of doing this, of raising that. So in the second year, they may get $3,750 in income. Right. And the next year, it could be $4,000 in income. So it's a rising dividend income stream off your initial investment, blue chip companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's been and a great portfolio. Every 90 days, you also run that same matrix. So yeah, it, it's actively managed. Yeah, it's very actively managed. It has a very rigorous investment process. Um, and we've been running that investment process for almost 10 years now. Yeah. So it, and, it's, and not to brag, but it's had, a, it's had a great performance number, not to talk numbers, but the fact that you've been able to, to equal or beat the market with less risk, a lot of our clients want to do that. They want to lower their standard deviation. Yeah. They like the dividend yield. So yeah. if listeners, you want to learn more about that, give us a call toll free at one 260 7361 Again, 260 7361 Mike, we're almost out of time, but if you could talk just quickly about the Gradient Tactical Rotation. Yeah, let's talk about the Gradient Tactical Rotation portfolio. It's called the GTR, just as the name implies. So this is a tactical portfolio, which means that it's making decisions, and those decisions are are where to invest, what sector, what stock, whatever. So this is a global market subsector tactical portfolio. It's based off of price momentum. And the models are ran once a month at the end of the month, and it decides which global subsector to invest in. And it has a universe of nine global subsectors. It's uh, U.S., international developed, and emerging markets. Each of those broad global stock markets are divided into three subsectors, um, the offensive or high beta subsector, the market neutral or index, or the more defensive or low volatility subsector. So there's your nine subsectors. Right. It's a tactical portfolio, meaning it makes a, a decision on which subsector to invest in. And it could go to cash too, correct? And it also has the option to go to cash, which is a rare occurrence, and it's only happened once in the past 15 years in this portfolio. So I don't want to mislead people and let them think it's a stock to cash, cash right. to stock type of portfolio. Right. It's really a 
global market subsector outperformance portfolio. It has a very good track record. It makes, on average, about three global subsector changes per year. And that's what you want to see in a tactical portfolio. You want to follow the strength. Sure. We check it every month. And at the end of the month, we, we run our models. And if it points to a, to a new subsector, we go off. If it says stay put, we stay put. Great. And we run that process every month. It's been a great portfolio. Um, and and I would encourage you, all, you know, your, your clients and listeners to call up and talk to you about it, John. Awesome, Mike. Well, Mike, I really appreciate the time. And Tony, as always, uh, for listeners out there, you know, what I tell people is you have to come in and get a second opinion. The next 20 callers, we're going to give you not only a free second opinion, but we'll give you four free reports, our Social Security Maximization Report, our Rule of 100 Report, our PAR, which is our Portfolio Analysis Report, and any other report that you maybe uh, want, our IRA Legacy Report. Uh, but you have to give us a call toll-free at 1-855-260-7361. Again, 855-260-7361. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in today, and you guys have a great day. Thank you for listening to Creating Lifestyles and Building Legacies. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact John Balserac of A4 Wealth Advisors. Call 888-949-7475 or visit their website at a4wealth.com. That's the letter A, the number four, wealth.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. John Balserzak and A4 Wealth Advisors are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. 